Morning. First thing Friday so time for fix. My weekly newsletter. This is the audio version, made with Amazon Polly and a synthetic voice. You can read the original with all the links at addictivelondon.com. Fix Insider, January 6th. Change. Happy New Year. The first fix of 2023 and change is afoot. This space has constantly changed since launching Fix over a decade ago but looking around it feels like we are facing huge change across most of the areas we cover. But if you know what is changing, how it is changing and why it is changing, you can look past all the noise and spot both the opportunities and the challenges. That is essentially what Fix is about, helping you understand the changing market and helping you profit from it. Some change with Fix too. I have parked the mid-week mails for now and instead insiders will get an exclusive essay by me, going deeper on a hot topic. Watch out for the first one next week. Merchant. Merchant media continues to dominate the advertising world. The big players have real traction with forward-thinking CPG firms, evidenced by the recent event by Tesco and Walmart recently telling investors that advertising was not only faster growing than its main retail business, it also had higher margins. Two things worth reading for perspective, a new e-consultancy report on retail media in 2023 collating forecast from industry voices and a piece on the Australian retail media scene from an ex-Googler, and former colleague. The business imperative behind this move into media is clear, retailers are struggling so a new revenue source is very welcome, especially as UK supermarkets are absorbing a proportion of price rises. Whilst consolidation continues in fast last mile, we are now seeing the market take shape around a handful of strong players. In Germany Flink hit $400 million in sales and talk of profitability in 2023. Asked about their competitors the CEO is proud to be running a boring company. One investor asked me what we have done differently to Gorillas. We are a very boring company. The New York market seems to have been the least boring and we have reported on the demise of a number of players there. This is a good oral history from people at Fridge No More and Bike. Both are now closed, neither helped by being ran by Russians, but their people remain bullish. I think it will work. I don't think that it will work in every part of the world but in those high-density locations, it could definitely work, and, especially, if it's not just food. The information also goes deep into the Fridge No More story. These stories of failure play into the idea we are seeing a reshaping of e-commerce. Both Wired and Fast Company look at how DTC is evolving, and the FT look at how subscription box companies struggle to adjust to life after lockdowns. In India the government have launched a program designed to democratize online shopping, looking to enable small players whilst limiting the dominance of Amazon and Flipkart. The best way to understand the prospects for e-commerce is to look at how seriously big CPG brands take it. Frustrated by decades of playing nice with powerful retailers like Tesco Walmart Carrefour, they are keen to have more control over their distribution, and their destiny. I mentioned last time that at the recent Tesco event, mainly attended by brand people, two Pepsi execs talked through how they were re-engineering their business to be prepared for e-commerce and retail media. Take Nestle for another example. They project 25% of their sales being through e-commerce by 2025, up from around 15% today. The company has been transforming their operations through digitalization and a new job highlights their ambition. An emerging channels manager is being recruited into their global e-commerce team, charged with Develop Last Mile Delivery Channel, LMDI, to be a multi-billion CHF business. One final thing on Merchant, our friends at Nest invited me to talk e-commerce, you can watch the interview here. Newf. The CEO of AMC summed up the conundrum facing the TV industry. It was our belief that cord-cutting losses would be offset by gains in streaming, Mr. Dolan wrote last month. This has not been the case. 
AMC is the firm behind mega hits like Mad Men and Breaking Bad. But is great content enough anymore? The neat suggests streaming's golden age is suddenly dimming, as fewer shows get commissioned. But a new reality has become increasingly clear over the past few months in Hollywood. Peak TV has peaked. The never-ending supply of new programming that helped define the streaming era, spawning shows at a breakneck pace but also overwhelming viewers with too many choices, appears to finally be slowing. As the biggest player Netflix gets most scrutiny and it appears most vulnerable to churn, with estimates it will lose 700k in the UK this year, but Variety points out in a horrible 2022 for streamers, Netflix still victorious, for now. One area where money is still flooding in is sports. The YouTube deal for Sunday's NFL games, paying $2 billion, around double what Amazon pays for Thursday reminds us of Google's ambitions in TV. And the fact is GAFA has deeper pockets than anyone else. Next up is the NBA where the current deal, which runs through the 2024-25 season, has Disney's ESPN and Warner's Turner pay the NBA about $2.6 billion a year. Warner chief David Zaslav has already tried to negotiate in public, saying that his company doesn't have to have the NBA. But maybe it's local players who will compete with GAFA for sports rights, an Asia-Pacific-based consultant sums up the issue. The question is less can I have a return on, investment? The question really is, can I let my opposition have it? Said Partisarati. It's all about opportunity cost rather than cost. It is a zero-sum game. If you don't have it, somebody else, will, have it. And if somebody else has it, they may end up three years later having 100 million users and that window of opportunity is gone. Switching people to ad-supported networks is the anti-churn strategy for a number of key players, but again all eyes on Netflix. Their head of ads spoke in London just before the holidays and you can watch the interview here. She didn't tell us too much we didn't know but this is clearly work in progress. Another speaker at the event was Fix friend Dave Morgan who believes Netflix can make as much as $2 billion in ad revenue by 2025, driven in part by a big take-up of the cheaper ad-supported service. Of course not all this will be from TV commercials. Netflix are very good at brand partnerships and the fuss over product placement in Emily in Paris shows their prowess. And the deal with Nike to run shows on the Nike Training Club again shows potential. All this talk of big money obviously gets the attention of Hollywood agents who expect their clients to benefit, Jeremy Zimmer, head of the United Talent Agency said. A show that does really well will get more advertisers and more revenue will flow to Netflix, he added. Therefore, our clients who created that show should be compensated for that additional revenue. For this to work requires Netflix to open up on audience figures, something they have resisted for years. But now they work with Nielsen and Barb on measurement, it's arguably less of an issue? One huge challenge facing brands and agencies is that nearly all key players in Newt have a different measurement partner. Just this week Nielsen announced a promising new product and Warner announced they are to use video, AMP. The inventory split where gatekeepers like Roku and Amazon secure a proportion of ad inventory to sell continues to cause friction. The launch of the Disney Plus ad service was disrupted when Roku demanded their 30%. To better understand this gatekeeper issue you should read CTV, CES and the TVOS wars. And the news Roku are to make their own TVs makes even more sense in this context. Roku does the obvious thing and announces its own TV line. Culture Secretary recommends dropping Channel 4 privatization I still think this may come back as some powerful people want it to happen. Netflix's ad-supported tier was its least popular plan, analytics firm estimates, Wall Street Journal. Roku and Microsoft advertising find TV streaming ads drive lifts in online searches. The Four Horsemen of the TV Apocalypse by Doug Shapiro is worth reading. Ads.
I mentioned the EU ruling on Meta is our last fix, but the full story has emerged and the ramifications are significant. The complaint was initiated by Noib disputing the views of the Irish DPC and has resulted in a 400 million euro fine and potentially a huge hole in the Facebook business model. There will be appeals and litigation so immediate effects may be limited. But the direction of travel is bad for everyone. Eric Suford is a good source on these issues. Note that this doesn't merely apply to Meta, although Meta was the defendant in these specific lawsuits, this determination will apply to any digital product that doesn't currently obtain consent before personalizing ads using on-site behavioral data. So the big issue is who else is affected? I guess Snap and TikTok are obvious candidates. But if I search for butter on Tesco and get a Lurpak ad does that count? Lots of lawyers will be looking at lots of T's and C's to see who needs to worry. And a second ruling from France further muddies the water. Apple have been fined 8 million euros. Because it did not collect the consent of iPhone's French users, iOS 14.6 version, before depositing and or writing identifiers used for advertising purposes on their terminals. The power of Apple, earned through their app tracking transparency policy, to shape the market but if their systems are flawed too, things get very confusing. The launch of the new Shopify audiences, a data product that finds lookalikes of your customers, is significant and offers new ways for Shopify merchants to use Meta and Google. The Shopify video announcing the product is here. Meta and Alphabet lose dominance over US digital ads market, Financial Times. The duopoly is over, because everything is an ad network, mobile dev memo by Eric Sufert. Web3 and Metaverse. Are brands ready to face the dangers lurking in the depths of the metaverse? The drum. NFT creators diversify into real-world assets to generate new revenues, FT. If the metaverse is the future, what does it hold for sport? AI. HTTPS colon slash slash twitter.com slash antonium slash status slash 16104256918369443385. The state of AI in 2022 and a half decade in review, McKinsey. AI homework, strategy by Ben Thompson. Mapping the Generative AI Landscape, Antler. TikTok. The noise around TikTok just keeps getting louder, with Anit running a story on how TikTok became a diplomatic crisis. But maybe tracking critical journalists doesn't help? TikTok admits tracking FT journalist and leaks investigation, Financial Times. Despite this the FT have a good opinion piece arguing America should be wary of singling out TikTok. An interesting idea, maybe the power of TikTok is less about the algorithm and more about the design? Plus plus. Amazon secures $8 billion term loan, Reuters what happened to all that free cash flow? The New York Times Company 2021 Annual Report. 02. 2023 Predictions, pretty much all of them. Report, Digital Trends to Leverage in 2023, M&C Saatchi Performance. Apple moves to open up App Store as tough EU laws loom, Financial Times. Can narrative, the world is made of what you love, YouTube. Consumer Trends, 88-slide presentation looking toward what's next from Dan Frommer.